Thank you for downloading The MagPod, a podcast from the Magpie Anthology. I'm Tom Stroud, and this is the first of our Voice of the Expert episodes, and we're talking money and financial planning for the first time with Ben Rouse and Ben Silk from Rouse Limited. In future episodes, we're going to be talking about things like investments, retirement, pensions, and financial housekeeping. But first, let's start with some introductions. Ben Rouse, what does Rouse Limited do? And where did it come from? The whole idea behind Rouse Limited was to create a sort of holistic firm which provided both tax advice, um, general financial planning and investment advice. And over the last nearly 20 years, we've developed a very good team, very strong team here on the lovely Isle of Wight. And we're now up to a, a number of about 20. Essentially, we deal with all sorts of financial planning aspects. So normally, when people are dealing with their finances, there's quite a lot that you can do yourself, but often there are issues that come along. And that's when you need the input of somebody perhaps who's got the experience of dealing with many different types of scenarios so that we can put a different edge on what you're actually doing. So Ben, Silk, give us an insight into some of the things that you do. Well, I've been working for Ben for about 16 years now, and we cover a very broad and wide range of financial problems that people have or issues that they're trying to resolve. My main role in the business is to work on the investments to make sure any investments that clients are using are both suitable from a risk but also from a return potential. And so it's very much a personalised solution to that individual client's financial needs. Ben Rouse, it is people's personal situations, isn't it? It's their livelihoods that you're talking about managing. There's an element of or a large element of psychology in all of this. Now, luckily, you can't see me, but um, I grew up through the sort of uh, 70s and 80s. And my parents would have had a relationship with their bank manager where they could go in and speak to them. And, uh, you know, they could, they could get general advice about whether they should buy this house or what mortgage they should have. And the bank manager would be able to decide to lend them the money and all those kinds of things. So it was a much more personal world then in terms of finances. But that all disappeared through the sort of 90s and the 2000s. And there was a bit of a vacuum left for people to find someone to go and talk to about general financial problems. And that's where I think the financial advice service, certainly in the independent sector and firms like this one, are able to help people by sort of sitting down, lending a friendly ear, plenty of experience in all sorts of different situations. And in fact, I had a doctor who came in to me and he described our service. He said, well, we've become the sort of vicars of the world as church had become less popular and you've now become the bank manager, uh, which I thought was quite nice coming from somebody who was doing the similar sort of thing to me, but on a medical basis rather than a financial basis. So we really try and concentrate on giving that personal service and the advice for any sort of financial problem and and the relationships we have with clients are one of a sort of trusted advisor and many of our clients have been with us for up to 20 years. So when a relationship starts between you and a client there's there's an element of unburdening isn't there you're going to have conversations about the kind of life that they want to have or indeed leave for their children how they feel about their partner what happens when they die these aren't the kind of conversations that you have with everyone. There's always a trigger point where someone comes to talk to you that generally will be because they've inherited something or divorce or marriage or children Um, it can be any one of those things if there is a very clear trigger point and there's clarity on what the client is trying to achieve it makes the job a lot more easier but more and more often I'm finding people coming to me because they don't know what to do there's this huge cloud of uncertainty and we'll plot a course and it might be that we have to change tack at some point but it's all about trying to help them give them the confidence that we're with them on their journey overlooking their shoulder to make sure they don't make any big mistakes along the way because sometimes I come to you because I I don't know what I want. I'm in a situation and I and I need and I guess there's a limit 
limit to, I mean, how much can you advise someone or how much can you just help them to make their minds up? How, how does that work? Well, you kind of hit on what financial planning is there, because really, it sounds like a very dry subject, but actually it's much more of a sort of therapy type session and it's been described as a sort of financial therapy so often where we will start is to access all of their current investments and all those kinds of things work out where they are and then we spend a lot of time sort of probing them to try and find out what it is they want to achieve you know actually you know if you could give up work five years earlier is is that important to you you know we try not to lead them too much and it's a sort of questioning skill to try and get information out of people as to what really makes them tick because we get a huge amount of satisfaction out of being able to give somebody an extra five years worth of retirement just by showing them that actually, you know, the things they've got in place now are enough to do it. So actually you can carry on with it. The time is the one thing that we can't get back. With a client, they may well have a very prescriptive goal on where they want to be in five, 10, 15 years time. But quite often we find that we need to build some level of flexibility in the plan because that will change. And that's the kind of experience that we've got in knowing what elasticity there should be in the plan. So that if there is a quick change of direction, it's not the end of the world. It's not a huge rigmarole in trying to change those actions. It's more smooth transition onto a new path, as it were. I guess there's a sense of applying business practice to your personal life. In your professional life, if you're running a business, you have five-year plans, you have goals, you have plans beyond that. The idea that someone might not have that in their personal life might seem strange, but I guess for many people, actually, that is how it works until they come to someone like you to work out what they want to do. I think generally people have a sort of basic idea and understanding of what they have and what they want to do. It really is sort of tidying that up and testing whether what they're thinking is actually possible. And so, you know, we have available within our own business some very sophisticated software, which rather like cash flow models for businesses, we do a personal cash flow for individuals. So that allows us to put in all the assets, uh, you know, all the things that you own and the investments, along with any debts, so mortgages, credit cards, whatever it is. We can also then put in your uh, income and then we do as much as possible a very good summary of your expenditure and if we put all those four things together we've got the basis of a cash flow model and we can then project forwards what things look like if you carry on on the path that you're on at the moment now having built that sort of basic model we can then test it and stress test it so we can put in things like market crashes stock market crashes what happens if one of you needs to have care if you're in a couple situation what happens if you want to be able to give your children some money what everyone really wants to know is am i going to run out of money will i have enough and you can't really answer those questions without doing some fairly in-depth mathematical calculations which we try to stop the clients glazing over and uh, we try and make it as human as possible because actually the important bit from their aspect is these are my goals then we convert that with the information that we have on them and try and turn it into something which is palatable and understandable for all clients. Okay, advice time. Why should someone go and see a financial planning person such as yourself? And secondly, advice, what sort of questions should you come into the room having thought about already? A lot of people already have a plan in their head. They know that if they work this long, earning this much money and put this much away, they think they're going to be all right. Part of the joy in what we do is actually either giving them a pat on the back and saying, well done, you are on track, 
or we can say have you thought about doing this this or this and perhaps it might bring your goal forward or it might make your goal you could aim for something a little bit higher so th- there is a lot of that a lot of verification in one's own numbers and you could spend hours at night just going through the figures in your head well let's just get them down on paper let's get somebody who's not emotionally attached to your plan to have a look at it with clean eyes and unemotional bias towards it this will work this won't work i think that's an interesting point ben because um invariably if you're a financial planner you end up dealing with people who are probably 10 years either side of your own age bracket i quite often find that the age bracket that i'm dealing with somebody within a couple situation for instance has done most of the financial side of things and it's quite nice for that person to be able to share that with someone so if if they then have a situation where they're no longer there because of death or whatever you know, the other person is able to have somebody that they can trust to help them continue to live the life that they were trying to go forward with so we do get used in the background as a sort of um, I suppose it's a, a validation of what they've been doing up to that point and quite often it is just a tweak here or there it might be that we can add some tax efficiency to the original plan it might be that we can add some investment optimization balance the risk and return it might be that the plan is fully on track is taking far too much risk than is necessary so we can explain that if you even dial back the risk you're increasing your chances of making your goal so so why take unnecessary risk one final point which obviously is, is quite a critical one is that there have been um, several studies showing that people who make use of a financial planner end up with more money so obviously with somebody like us there's no point in spending money on employing a financial advisor or financial planner if actually that makes you worse off but the statistics show that one of the biggest things that we do in terms of adding value is stopping people making mistakes reacting emotionally to investment environments at a particular time and also making sure that they're using all allowances and any sort of tax planning opportunities there are so you know essentially you're better off using one financially as well as from a a sort of therapeutical perspective okay well lots of ground to cover in future episodes. Rouse Limited is a team of independent financial planners based on the Isle of Wight. You can find out more about them and download more episodes of the MagPod at magpieonline.co.uk.